my plan was just to start and to put one foot in front of the other. And that I, I was very keen in the knowledge that what I didn't know, I would figure out. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder and chief dream officer of Go Confidently Services, Julie DeLuca Collins. Julie knew that hesitating would make it harder to leave her corporate career and start her business. In today's episode, Julie shares how she turned her business vision into reality. Stay with us to hear all the details. Julie mentions the importance of conversations that are essential to business success. As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, I invite you to apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Julie DeLuca Collins. Julie is the founder and CEO of Go Confidently Services and the host of the popular Casa de Confidence podcast. As a business and life strategist coach, Julie helps women business owners launch or grow their businesses, get clients, be productive, and achieve their dreams. Julie helps her clients create simple habits to achieve goals and change lives. Julie is also the best-selling author of the newly released book, Confident You, Simple Habits to Live the Life You've Imagined. She's a certified tiny habits coach and CBT holistic coach. Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with you today. Tell me a little bit about your career and how you ended up being in your own business. Well, some would say that I was meant to be an entrepreneur forever because my first business started when I was 12 and I wanted to make some extra money, but I took a traditional route. I first started as a teacher and I love working with littles. And then I moved to middle school and I worked with middle school. From there, I was recruited by an educational company that saw some of the background that I had working in retail through college and then in teaching to work with them in this educational company. And the company is based out of New Jersey. It has many franchise-owned stores and company-owned stores throughout the 50 states. And I was lucky enough to come in and begin to work with them. And this organization really valued growing people from the inside. And as I continued to be successful with the organization, they continued to train me, grow me, and give me more opportunities. By the time I left the organization, I had grown through the ranks and been mentored and coached. And I reported to both the founders of the organization. I was the national executive director that oversaw all of the contracting with school districts nationwide. I happened to have been at the right time, at the right place at the right time with the company because... Um, 
No Child Left Behind, it, this is early 2000s, was, uh, had been passed. And I had grant writing experience because I had seen my dad and I had volunteered with my dad's uh, company, which is a, a non-for-profit uh, that did a lot of work for the government. So I was familiar with that. So the company said, hey, do you want to work and help us with this? And of course, I made it my own. And I was lucky enough, again, to be mentored and coached and had the type of support system. It was kind of like an hands-on training for business school. I learned about marketing. I learned about strategy, business development, operations. And that was a great experience for me. And then I was recruited for another company later on, still in New York City. And uh, I went to work for that company. I became the VP of development and operations. It was smaller, but definitely we had a, a lot more programming and revenue coming in than, than some of the other work that I had done. And I helped to launch that company outside of New York City into California, Texas, Connecticut, Boston, <laughs> a lot of different areas. So that's where my career went. And I really... Loved what I was doing because I knew that I was not in the classroom every day, but I was having an impact not only in helping support students academically, but more importantly, we're also supporting parents and teachers in creating the bandwidth that they need in in the support system. So I I love that part of uh, my job. And that was my, my career, I guess, as I climbed that corporate ladder. And my last role with that organization was chief innovation officer. And I oversaw all of the contracting with school districts, growth development, and in creation of programming that we did for school districts. So a great career. You did some things that in my mind are really hard. Like you took care of a whole bunch of little kids (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I'm lucky that that I, I'm a parent, but I didn't take a, care of a whole bunch. I just took care of a very tiny number. At one time, that was enough. Teaching middle school, I think anybody who can teach middle school and do it well is phenomenal. That's like such a hard age. It's a great age, but it's, it can be really challenging. And then you had this terrific corporate career where it sounds like you were working in companies that are exciting, engaging, you got lots of exposure and training. And then what happened that that led you to go out on your own? Well, it was a couple of different things, but you know, I I understood that there was something in my heart uh, throughout my ascent in the corporate uh, ladder. Many women would ask me, oh, I wish I could, you know, know your secret. What does it take to be this confident? I could never do what you're doing. And I kept thinking like, I am not perfect. I don't have it all together. I don't have all this confidence. I just kind of keep showing up despite the failures. And I started to see that that was a pattern. And obviously the hard, the harder I worked and the higher I got in my corporate career, the more that I saw that there weren't a lot of women. And also the way that my mind works is that someone would say, hey, you know, I, I had this business idea and, but I'm not really sure what do I need? And then all of a sudden they would tell me what they wanted to do. And my mind was like, well, you know, you could do this and you can have this. And, and I just started to structure like their business plan. And that was in the back of my mind. And I've done some volunteering and I still do. I am a volunteer in a couple leadership programs in the colleges here. And I thought, you know what, at one point, maybe this will be my exit strategy that I can go and work and support women in a role that's not necessarily what I'm doing now. I want them to be able to just 
you know, have the freedom in life that they really want for themselves. And I think that sometimes it can be complicated for someone who doesn't have a business background, hasn't been in the business world. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that you have to put together. There's moving pieces. But I think that the other thing that I found is that I was comfortable with where I was. And I didn't necessarily give myself a timeline. And I was definitely defined by my role. And it was a scary thought to have to move out of that role because of that's what I've been doing for so long, right? And all of a sudden we were hit with the pandemic and the organization, the company that I worked with that I, you know, just value and and have so many kind memories, feelings, thoughts about really was hit hard with all of our programming going away in New York City schools. We needed to find a way to survive. And one of them was to separate with a couple of us executives. And I immediately when I got the call and and I got the, you know, the offer that this this needed to happen and should happen. Of course, the first thing, it was sort of grieving this life. And it was the level of um sadness because I knew that this world was closing for me. But at the same time, there was no doubt in my mind that I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to go out on my own and I didn't know specifically what that looked like. I didn't 100% have a plan or a roadmap, but that's what I was going to pursue. And that's that's how this started. And that's how I, I began my journey now with Go Confidently Services. So here it is, Julie, you're the planner. You're helping other people with their business plans Mm -hmm. and you are facing a quick decision without a real solid plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead. Not, you know... For me, I am the kind of person who, and haven't been in the corporate world, right? A lot of times you you create a new strategy and you have to strategize and then you have to kind of beta test it and go forward and have a very solid roadmap. One of the biggest frustrations that I had in a corporate role is that, well, let's just do it. Why are we thinking about it or talking about this still? Let's just do it, get it. And then learn as we go from our mistakes. And no, I did not have a plan, but I figured that my plan was just to start and to put one foot in front of the other. And that I I was very uh, keen in the knowledge that what I didn't know I would figure out. And I've been very good throughout my life, no matter what role, personal or professional, finding the right resources to help guide me. And and honestly, uh, we live in the age of Google. So I was pretty confident uh, Mr. Google was going to be a good ally in my journey. What did Mr. Google turn up for you? You know, the first thing that I did, and this is the mistake that a lot of, uh, of my clients in particularly make, is they don't go and consult and you know, say, hey, what should I do to start a business? Or more, they they start to do the things that they feel they need to have or do that kind of gives them the seal of approval. And the first thing I did is I'm like, oh, I'm going to need a logo. And I started to like, I spent like a couple days, maybe even weeks, like what should my logo look like and what colors and what scrolly thing that would sort of show that it's, it's feminine, but strong. And it, it was so silly, right? And yeah, and, we all do that. Yeah. Little did I know that in order to have a business, the first step is really to have a client that's willing to pay you for what you do. 
<laughs> and yes, it is. that was the first thing that I had to really, you know, come back. And, and, and it took me a little bit, but I think that I decided like, okay, first of all, what do I offer? Second of all, to who do I offer that to? And what am I going to charge for it? And how do I collect my money? And what is my process, right? And then all of a sudden, things started to kind of fall in place. But I had to revert to what I already knew of expanding maybe our organization to a new market, expanding and offering a new service, really creating a very specific plan for launching and then also just taking the step to launch and beginning to put everything in place as it came. Tell me a little little bit about your first client. You know, my first client is someone that I was terrified to ask to be a client, number one. <laughs> and number two, it was someone that I, I knew. And immediately we've had a relationship uh, professionally and also she lives in Connecticut. And we were having a conversation in which we, you know, she was expressing to me some of the challenges that she was having with her business. And immediately, of course, my brain was going a million miles per minute. Well, you know, she really should try this and she should do that. And and finally, I remember thinking, oh, Julie, just you got to make the offer. You got to ask, do you want to work with me? And I thought, okay, the, oh, what if she thinks I'm being too salesy? And what does she think I'm pushy? And, and I thought, nope. You have a relationship with this woman. She has a need and you have something you can offer to fill that need. All you have to do is ask. And, and I did. I, I said, listen, I know that this is something that you're struggling with. This is exactly what I know how to do. I would be happy to help you create a plan and get clients. And, you know, you're, you have been running your business for a long time, but it's been sort of part-time not really 100% serious, but now you're getting ready to really make an income and create a profit, but you got to do it the right way. And I'm happy to walk you through that. Would you like to work with me? And she said, yes. And I thought, perfect. And I thought, every okay, now that she said yes, I am going to help her. And I know exactly, and I know that I can help her. And I think that when you're very clear that what you have is something that someone needs, and then they said, yes, I want it, then it's easy to be able to implement. And we work together. And, and even to this day, I do support her and help her, not at every day, every week as we had before, but we work consistently together to build her business, to build her brand, for her to grow and get clients. And she is loving what she does. And she's a graphic designer and she loves that. And now she's been hired by a large organization here in Connecticut to for a large contract. And this is someone who was ready to kind of hang up her dream of being her own boss, having her own business, because one, she didn't believe in herself. And two, she didn't know what are the simple strategies and habits that she needed to take every day in order to grow and build her own business and her brand. So that was my first client. And I am so fortunate that I took the leap and that she also took the leap and believed in me to be able to work together. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One thing you didn't mention in that conversation is price. And I'm bringing this up because I know I've experienced in my own sales process when uh -huh. I'm offering something that somebody really wants and they, there is 
reasonable justification for paying for it mm-hmm. and what I'm charging is a fair value for what it is that they're getting and they're likely to get a return on investment. The price is rarely the issue. Oh, David, you are 100% right. And for me, I had done, at this point, I had done my research. I know what market price was. I know if when I worked uh, for my corporate job, bringing me in to consult with a school district, I know what that price was. So I, I was very clear on that. And I also knew what people like me in this role would also do or, or make or offer or charge. So, but I think that again, to your point, working with a coach is an investment. Working with a consultant is an investment. It's not something that you, it's a one-time fee. You get one thing and then you're done. It really is something that as any investment does, has a return on what that is. So you're getting a lot more than what you put in. And that was one of the things that having that conversation with her, she knew that she couldn't afford to not do it, right? Because then she would have a greater gain than what she would be putting out. Right. And also you mentioned something that's really important, Julie, which is you need to do the market research. You need to know what is it that people that offer things like what I'm planning to offer, mm-hmm. what is it that they charge? What different models do they use to actually right. price and deliver? Because there are different ways you can deliver solutions. What are the associated you know, price points for those different solutions so that you feel confident in, in stating a price for the solution? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is where a lot of people go wrong, that they either undervalue themselves or they are afraid of what people will think if they price themselves. But if you've done your homework and you know what the going rate is, and and obviously you don't have to start at the top of the scale, but you can start at a reasonable based on your experience, based on what you offer. And I tell my clients when they're looking to create packages or price themselves, and I I hope this is not inappropriate for your podcast, but I tell them, make it sexy. Like people want something cool. People want something that just like puts you over the edge, right? Over deliver. Because if working with me, and for instance, now my clients, right? Yes, they work with me. If you're working one-to-one with me, not only do you get me one-to-one, but you get my courses. You also get access to other things that people don't normally do. And if you need me, you can ping me and, and you get my expert friends that come in and help you as well. So I always try to bring more value for the person and that makes it irresistible. You know, you're, you're raising a really important point, which is people, they have aspirations and you need, to, mm-hmm. you need to tap into those aspirations. And particularly if you're in a business that is referral-based, under-promising and over-delivering is really key to building long-term mm-hmm. success. Yes, you can over-promise and under-deliver once or maybe twice or maybe even three times, but it's not going to last forever. You're going to keep running into problems. No, it's not sustainable at all. No, not, not at all. Not sustainable at all. Certainly mm-hmm. not, in, not in the referral-based business. You will run out of referral partners really quickly. And not only that, but you know, when you're looking at marketing, right, there's a cost per, per imprint, a cost per lead. And for me... Being able to have a referral from a happy, satisfied, 
ecstatic super fan client like uh, Pat Flynn or, you know, if anybody knows Pat Flynn talks about super fans, that referral is going to be a lot more likely for me to convert to a client than someone who just saw an advertisement or saw me speak at an event or, you know, saw a social media post. So it's very important that you create the advocates for your business from the current clients that you have. And I am lucky enough that a lot of my clients are referrals, people who are coming from other people who know, like, and trust me. And they already have a level of trust in me. And then they get to know me and like me and love me, hopefully, through the delivery of the services that I am doing. Julie, tell me a little bit about the specific niche you serve. Yeah, so I work with women in midlife who are looking to build or grow a business. A lot of women, especially in midlife, are starting to see that maybe their career is ending or they're ready to shift. And they have always had maybe a desire, a dream to do something. Maybe they have a specific craft or or gift. I have one woman in particular, for instance, that she worked at a gym as a personal trainer, but she didn't like how the gym, you know, did things. And she said, well, you know, why can't I do that on my own? Why can't I have my own gym? And there's a lot of scary things that go with that. But she needed to have the very specific things, right? Because she's never been a business person, but she needed to have all of her ducks in a row. How do you get a permit? Where do you get the space? How do you secure the money to launch? And all of that is stuff that I would help I would help a client with. Create a marketing plan, be able to understand. And here's the other thing. There's two other things that unlike a lot of business coaches that I do is one, yes, I can teach you the technicalities of how to create a business plan, a marketing plan and all of that. But you also have to overcome some of that mindset as well. And as a cognitive behavioral techniques coach and as a tiny habits coach, I can help you also work in your mindset because if you have a to-do list for your business, but then you feel in that imposter syndrome or inadequacy and your brain is working against you and you don't get any of that done, you're not going to make a lot of progress in your business. So I help you overcome some of the other drama that can come up with um, being an entrepreneur and not only doing the things daily that will grow your business, but also making sure that you are growing as an individual. And, and that's a little bit of what I do. The other women that I work with are maybe individuals who have been running a business for some time and they've made some income, but maybe there's something that's not quite working that has prevented them from making consistent income. So I help them identify where are the challenges. Maybe some of the things that they're doing need some tweaking. Maybe their mindset also is an issue. And then we build those simple habits and consistency of things that they need to do every day to make sure that they're growing their business and create the kind of income that they're looking for for their own life. It sounds great. Julie, we've covered a lot of territory and uh, and I want to congratulate you on having the courage to take the leap, start your business and and go forward, build it and create something that's sustainable in a relatively modest amount of time. It's it's uh, anybody who hasn't done it. I just want to reiterate that it is no easy feat. Being an employee is way easier than being an entrepreneur. Oh, certainly is because, you know, you, there's always someone that is uh, giving you guidance as to what to do. But with an entrepreneur, you are the one who is in control. You are the one who takes the charge and makes the decisions. 
And you are also in charge of what your calendar, your schedule, your relationships, your interactions are like. And you have to choose wisely. And that is one of the things that I think has helped me is understanding that I have to use the right amount of time to do the right amount of tasks. Because as an entrepreneur, we can go chasing all shiny. And yet those things may not be the things that are growing your business. So it's very important to find the things that are really growing your business. Yeah. The shiny things are not necessarily the most profitable. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Julie, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today or access resources that you have, where should they go? Well, the best place to visit me is goconfidentlycoaching.com. And that is the best place. I have a resource page. I have a blog, has lots of resources. A lot of the things that I teach in my group coaching or one-to-one programs, I lay them out in the, in the blog. So there's a lot of information there. If you don't know how to uh, set a goal, how to be able to create a marketing plan, you're not sure how social media works, when to hire an assistant or little nuances that somebody may not have learned um, as an entrepreneur school, right? You can go and and uh, Confident You Academy will teach you. And it's on the blog, but there's a lot of also, I have on my website, I have a list that I really wish someone would have given me when I started my business, right? And it's a list of all of the products, services, websites that will make it easier to run your business. So can you use to record your video? Where should you store stuff if you don't have a server in your house? What is this? And a lot of these basic things that sometimes nobody teaches you. But so there's a bunch of list of resources there for you to take advantage of and utilize. Right. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Julie. My guest has been the founder and chief dream officer of Go Confidently Services, Julie DeLuca Collins. Thank you again, Julie, for joining us. David, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, you're doing an amazing work with this podcast and really bring, bringing to your community and audience the great information. And don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Julie mentioned the importance of conversations that are essential to business success. As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, I invite you to apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.